Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of Talking Polynix. Today we have a great discussion with Jacob Martin. We hit gun control and many other great topics. Enjoy the episode and share it with a friend. Alright, welcome to the show, Jacob. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for having me on. I'm doing well. Uh, thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, so, no problem. So to start off, uh, how about you uh, introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, my name is Jacob Martin. I am uh, married from the Twin Cities, uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul, uh, Minnesota. Um, and I have my own podcast called Stories of Hope with Jake, a podcast geared towards telling positive stories about people with physical disabilities and mental illnesses. Um, yeah, that's about me in a nutshell. All right. And uh, when it comes to politics, uh, where do you find you, yourself lie on the political spectrum? Hardcore Democrat. Hardcore Democrat? <laughs> yeah, since uh, 2000, since I've been able to vote. Uh, yeah, those are the last 19 years, 19, 20 years almost now. Hardcore Democrat. I voted Democrat pretty much across the board. So for this upcoming election, is there a candidate that you like most? You know, I like Elizabeth Warren. I think she has a lot to offer, especially with her wanting to help people get rid of their student loan debt. Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't remember the policy verbatim, but she's trying to find a way to wipe out student loan debt. And, and I know um, Bernie Sanders is trying to do the same thing, but it feels like Warren's plan is a little bit more solid. Um, I also, she just seems a bit more approachable and she's not what we've had in office before. We've had uh, uh, a bunch of old men in office. Even, you know, Obama was in his late forties when he got elected, I believe. So it's time to get some, some new blood in the Oval Office. And um, I think the ticket's probably going to be either Biden, Warren, or Warren, Kamala Harris. If I had to guess right ah. now, as it stands, Kamala Harris will probably end up being a vice president somewhere. On yeah, ticket. I think a Warren Harris would be kind of a risky one. Mm -hmm. Just me personally, that'd be a risky ticket. Biden, Warren, not so much. I think they can pull that off. See, I think that's where they have the issues. I think Biden's more of an issue than Kamala Harris. Right now, just because he can't... <laughs> he ran into this a lot when he was with Obama, too. He couldn't keep his mouth shut sometimes when he just needed to. Joe, stop saying things. Just let things happen sometimes. Well, yeah, uh, sometimes, well... sometimes the words that aren't said are the ones that need to be heard. Well, so, like, uh, for Joe Biden, he's he's like in the top in polling, but he's probably one of the weakest candidates, in my opinion. He just has the name, which I think is getting him ahead of the other candidates. Yeah, but I think that's the truth. I think he uh, he's kind of riding on the coattails of Barack Obama. He spent eight years with him. Mm -hmm. uh, they were side by side, Bert and Ernie. 
Fred and uh, uh, who's the other Flintstone? Barney. You know, mm-hmm. they were side by side for eight years, and he's kind of right on that coattail. He's been in politics for 35, 40 years, and it's just time for somebody who's uh, new to the new to the deal. Mm-hmm. It worked out for Obama for eight years. Yeah. Oh, so when I asked you to come on the show, you said you want to talk about uh, just the mass shootings, gun control, gun safety. So what is your stance on the issue? There's, there are two groups of people who need assault rifles. We're talking AK-47s, AR-15s, anything with a bump stock. Those people are, are soldiers overseas fighting our, our war. And those are officers who are patrolling our streets, who are in imminent danger and are protecting our safety at home. Those are the only two people, two groups of people, that need automatic assault rifles. And even then, I kind of teeter back and forth on with whether or not the you know, local police need something like that. I, I do believe that soldiers overseas, the people fighting in Iraq and Afghanistan right now do need automatic weapons because you don't know what's, gonna, what's going on over there. You don't know what they're fighting with. But even you know, locally, you don't know exactly what what's on the streets right now, What who has what kind of gun. Uh, I don't need an AR-15. My neighbor doesn't need an AR-15. Those guns are designed to do nothing but shred people to pieces and kill them. Wipe them off the face of the earth. So what do you think about like a semiotic AR-15? So like an automatic AR-15, if I'm not mistaken, is currently illegal. I know people make modifications, but most of them are already semi-automatic. Do you think that changes it or just no AR-15s? Because you can still rattle off 45 shots a minute. I, I looked that statistic up just 10 minutes ago because I knew I needed to have something that I could roll with uh in my my to help prove my point 45 shots in a minute there is no gun there is no one in the world that needs a gun with that level of capability if you want to have your your pistols and your shotguns and your handguns fine everybody i believe in the second amendment absolutely but you don't need an AR-15 to protect your house. You don't need an AR-15 to go duck hunting or deer hunting or grouse hunting or whatever. You, you just don't need it. A, a shotgun will do just fine. Or you know, to protect your home for a portability, a handgun will do just fine. So do you think when it comes to the mass shootings that gun control will solely fix it or do you think there's other measures we need to take as in like mental health awareness and maybe opening more mental health institutions and that's a that's a fair argument uh, what i don't want to have happen is 
the mental health community demonized. Uh, we, the mental health community, and I am part of that community. I do have, uh, it's called borderline personality disorder. Uh, so I am a part of that community, so I can speak on their behalf for them, you know, for what it's worth. Um, I'm no danger to anybody. If I had a gun, I would, I'd put it in a lockbox. I'd put the box out of my, out of my way. It would come out only when it needed to be brought out. I'm not a danger with a weapon because of my mental illness. And I don't believe that you should combine the two. There are some circumstances where mental illness did play a part, but for the most part, it's people who have been wronged. It's people who have, this last one in uh, Texas over the weekend uh, was a guy who got fired and he got pissed off, got angry and went and, and shot up what was it a movie theater and a, a shopping mall uh i i believe he he was driving he was getting pulled over and then it turned and then he it turned into a chase and then he i okay. i don't know where he was planning on going but he did go to I know they the evacuated. center I, I do know they evacuated a shopping center uh because the television station was housed inside that uh, that shopping center and they were told to evacuate. So they were doing their news broadcast outside, breaking news outside while this whole thing was going on. But, you know, nobody needs that kind of, that kind of firepower. And nobody should have to worry about whether or not they're going to get shut up going to a Walmart, going to a movie theater to see the see a new movie, going to the shopping mall for school shopping. There was a little girl shot. She was maybe one year old. A little girl that age shot. I think she's in critical condition. I think she's she may survive. But that kind of trauma at that young age should never have to happen. Well, I think I think most people agree with that. Uh, uh, an argument usually said is that uh, with the amount of gun owners we have in the country, which is over, I think, 100 million. Yep. And then you have uh, these mass shootings happening with the with the AR-15s, or even without AR-15s, the amount of mass shootings done compared to the amount of gun owners is not even a percent, maybe half a percent. It doesn't matter to me. It, it, and it sure as hell doesn't matter to the families of the, the seven who were dead from this weekend or the 26 who were dead from two weeks ago at Walmart. They don't care if it's a one millionth of a percent of gun owners. They don't care if it's one millionth of the amount of people on the planet. Mm -hmm. Their child, their loved one got shot and killed with an AR-15 because they're legal. Because somebody got a hold of one 
bought it at a gun store and used it to kill a massive amount of people. That is the only intent with those guns. You don't, you know, it's it's popular up here. I'm, I'm in Minnesota to go up to northern Minnesota and put uh, pop cans on your fence and take your handgun or pistol and shoot out pop cans. You don't need an AR-15 to shoot out pop cans. You don't need an AR-15 to shoot out watermelons. So do you think that, so you think there should be a full ban on AR-15s? We had an assault rifle ban for a long time. And it, it went away. It was allowed to expire mm-hmm. because they put an end date on it. And it was allowed to expire. So yes, all assault rifles should be illegal. With like, like I said, with the exception of the federal government and local law enforcement. So do you think that uh, that there should be like a buyback program or what do you do with the people who already have the guns? You, you have to do a buyback program or incentivize it somehow, make them want to get rid of them. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if make it a tax deal. If you turn in your AR-15, you'll get another write-off on your taxes next year. If you turn in your, you know, any of your automatic weapons, you get a, a break on your property taxes next year. You get a break on your federal taxes next year, or state taxes. Make it so that there's a monetary uh, goal or monetary reason for it because money speaks money Mm -hmm. speaks i can tell you this if if that was today people would be lined up with their ar-15s and say okay sign me up april 15th of next year you would have a ton of people wanting to buy back their their ar-15s because you're giving them money to do so Or if you want to swap it out with a legal weapon, swap it out with a legal weapon. So, so I'll just keep asking arguments that the, so you're left-leaning that a right-leaning person would say. Yep. So another argument is that just handguns, pistols, they kill more people at a at like a ten times the rate that an assault rifle kills someone. If the shooter in El Paso, Texas went into a Walmart with a handgun that only holds a certain amount of of ordnance of bullets, you would not see twenty six dead you would see maybe the numbers we saw last weekend, six, seven. Mm-hmm. And while, while one death is still one death, you're not dealing with um, um, a huge mass event like, like El Paso. By the way, I found this out. 
the government considers any shooting where more than four people have been shot a mass shooting. Mm-hmm. So let's not try to skew the stats with only El Paso or only yeah. uh, what happened in Odessa and Middleton, Texas uh, as those types of mass shootings. Any, anywhere, like if you go to a family reunion before people get shot, that's considered a mass shooting. Well, well, so I, I guess a lot of people's worries when it comes to gun control is if you start with an AR-15, which is meant for war, some people say it's hunting, some people, there's a bunch of arguments for it, but at the end of the day, if you start with the AR-15, it's just inching closer to more of an all-right gun ban at a certain point. No, I, I don't believe that. I don't believe that at all. If you only, if you regulate it, where the only things that are taken off the, the, the market are these assault rifles or these bump stocks, then that's fine. I want you to have a gun. I want you to be able to protect your family, to protect your home. But I don't want you to obliterate someone's brains out because you have an AR-15 that can shoot out 45 shots a minute. Mm-hmm. You can do. You can protect your family with a gun that shoots out one bullet at a time just fine. You just have to know how to use it. So, so other than an AR-15 ban, what do you think is another step we can do to, because mass shootings, though they happened 10 years ago, but we've seen an increase in them. Yes. So what do you believe that, like, well, one, like, what do you think is culturally happening where it's, we're seeing it more and more often and also what do you think we can do to maybe put a stop to it or at least minimize it again? That's a fair question and you're right that in the last 10-15 years that they have been more prevalent. Uh, I do think social media has played a huge role in it. People can uh, type anything they want. I'm on Twitter as we speak. People are typing some of the worst things I've ever seen putting them up. Uh, People are on Facebook putting up some of the worst stuff I've ever seen. Um, These ideas that are just way out there and they're meant to divide. We're a divided country right now. We have, uh, how am I trying to word this? We're not united anymore. We are left and right right and wrong there's no middle ground anymore people don't respect each other's opinions this is why we have groups like the uh crowd boys these are what why we have groups uh out there that are supporting violence and supporting these evil evil things 
it's much easier to dispense your message now than it is than it was 25 years ago even 10 years ago there was no twitter 15 years ago mm -hmm. there wasn't well well so that's actually something i've i was having a discussion with somebody about that where so we see a lot more racism on the internet now and mm -hmm. the racists somewhat have more of a platform but i don't necessarily think that there's more racist now than there was 50 years ago i just think that now it can be i guess expanded or more people can see it now well yeah that's just it they have a platform mm -hmm. they now have a platform they can you know like i said everybody's got a smartphone everybody's got a laptop or a computer or some kind you can get on and within minutes spew your hatred spew your your vitriol wherever you are whenever you want 24 7 365 you weren't able to do that in the 70s and 80s everything was done in secrecy at those times but now it's wide open and the, a lot of it has to do with the leadership we have in the Oval right now. We have uh, our fearless leader, so to speak, who is using Twitter, his favorite platform ever, uh, uh, to spew misinformation, to spew hatred, to spew erroneous fact after fact after fact. And it's, people are believing it. People are sucking it in, you know, just taking it all in. Social media is why I believe he did as well as he did in 2016. Uh, uh, a lot of it that I've, I personally believe the reason why he's president is because social media had a large part for it, but also just the way that I think the news media, both the left and right-leaning news media, they treat it like it's a celebrity game. Like, they celebritize it. So now people are just, people look at it like reality TV, is I think is the problem. He is a reality TV star. Yeah, and I think that's why he did so well. You put yeah. him in a race where they, or I think Andrew Yang said it at one of the debates, where they're treating it like a reality TV show. Right it's going to be hard to beat the reality TV show star. And, and the other part of it was for a lot of people, he was the lesser of two evils. Hillary didn't have a lot of respect either. So do we vote for the guy who likes to grab women by their genitalia? Or do we uh, vote for the person who used private email for political reasons and the man with the low morals won out well he just won out in swing states at the end of the day uh well, hillary yeah. still won the popular vote but i don't know uh what do you think about the idea that trump 
was only elected because do you think it was more of the lesser of two evils reasoning or do you believe it's more of like like the racist came out to vote is what I've heard a lot or uh, Russian collusion what do you think was the big well, I, I think I think the Russians had a lot to do with it but I do think that at the end of the day if it had been anybody other than Hillary the Democrats would have won and we would have had four mm-hmm. more years of a Democrat uh, I, I firmly, firmly believe that. Uh, yeah, I, I'm with you there. She was arguably one of the worst candidates that they could have put up. Yeah, and Sanders didn't help that cause either. He took away some votes. Mm-hmm. He didn't win any states, but you know, he took away some votes. Yeah, well, a lot of people will say Hillary's campaigning wasn't the best either. She never stepped foot in Wisconsin, which was a very important swing state. Right. Yeah, and, and I don't remember all the states that Trump went to, but he didn't show up in Minnesota. He, he, I think he came one time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hillary was here quite a bit, uh, and, and she won. She won the state. I don't remember. I think did Trump win Iowa? I believe so. I all the swing states Trump visited more than Hillary. I think like five times more. Yep. Than she did. That makes sense. I I just I, I hope against all hope that uh, somebody from the DFL gets into the Oval this year or next year because uh, uh, I would like to have some kind of morality back in the Oval Office. I think that uh, we had a guy who made fun of a physically disabled reporter. Uh, we had, you know, we have a guy now who thinks it's okay to basically sexually assault women. We have a guy who, you know, I could go on and on and on and on, mm-hmm. but eventually my uh, laptop battery is going to go dead. <laughs> so I don't have that kind of time. Uh, but I don't know, it's just, it's disappointing that we went in that direction. Mm-hmm. So, so we'll, we'll, go, we'll focus more on the Democrats since they're going to be facing Trump in 2020. Sure. Do you think that, I guess, universal health care and having certain issues be their main platform is going to hurt the Democrats? Like some of them say an all-out uh, gun ban, there's universal health care, free college. So what do you think is a, an issue that they should focus on rather than? Well, they they need to have solid plans for everything. Uh, first and foremost, they do need to have a plan for health care. Uh, they, I'm, I'm in a wheelchair due to a, a physical disability myself. And uh, this wheelchair, if I did not have insurance, would have cost me $10,000. With insurance, it went about two so imagine somebody doesn't have insurance but needs a brand new wheelchair 
you're going to go broke. You're going to end up homeless mm -hmm. because you don't, you can't afford a $10,000 wheelchair. So the one thing I didn't care for about Obamacare was the, the fines that were involved with whether or not you got insurance or not. Mm -hmm. you, you shouldn't have had to pay extra taxes for uh, not getting insurance. Yeah, well, I, I agree with that part. So do you think that we need an Obamacare type healthcare system or do you think it should just be universal? Everyone gets, we'll just say Medicare. And then if you want private insurance, you can get get that as like a bonus on top. Like, like people who are currently on Medicare can currently buy extra insurance as well. I, I don't believe that the government should take over healthcare altogether. I do think that um, bringing in private companies, the Blue Cross is the United Healthcare's of the world, uh, is a benefit to having those guys. Mm -hmm. But again, you have to worry about things like price gouging. You have to worry about, um, you know, I used to take a medication that was $250 with insurance a month. It would have been $1,000 if I didn't have insurance. Well, yeah, clearly there's a, there's an issue with the pharmaceutical companies yes. where, where they're greatly overpricing medications. The main example used is like insulin. Yes. The, the cost to make insulin is like four bucks and they're selling it for a hundred and maybe sometimes more. $200 a vial. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard it go up as high as like two, two fifty a, a vial that's supposed to last you a month and people are rationing it and you know what's happening? They're dying because they're mm -hmm. not getting, they're not regulating their pancreas. They're doing more damage than good. It's a huge thing up here right now. And I think they, if I understand correctly, the Minnesota legislature just mandated that there be some kind of uh, lowered price on insulin. So at least at the state level here in the state of Minnesota, there's uh, there's hope. So what do you think we do to uh, fight back against the pharmaceutical companies from raising their prices? Do you think, uh, so the conservative view would be to open up the markets to other countries, uh, change the patent laws. So, so the company that makes insulin doesn't, aren't the only ones there's other insulin making companies. Well, no, that's, I, I agree with that. I, I think the more people we have, the more availability we have, the better. That's why we go up to Canada to get <laughs> our drugs. Uh, because it, it's less expensive up there. So we have, we have that option. The more options we have, the more level the pricing is going to be. 
All right, and uh, now let's move on to some other questions, which is, this is usually something I do, or questions I usually ask to see when I ask people on both sides of the aisle. Usually sure. I get somewhat of a similar response, just because today there's a lot of divide in the country, like you mentioned earlier, and mm-hmm. and usually the people disagreeing on healthcare, gun control, like the big topics you hear on the news will refuse to work together on smaller topics, which I think we can work together and improve on. So one, an example is like non-felons shouldn't, or non-violent felons be able to, to gain the right to vote again. What is your take? I think I think felon or not, whether it's violent or uh, or not, you deserve the right to vote. You're a a citizen of this country, and that's you have the right to vote. That right should not be taken away from you. Yes, I understand that that's probably going to get some get some looks. And I'm probably going to take some heat for that, but I don't believe that anybody should have the right to vote stripped from them. I've never believed that. What, do, what about people who are currently in prison? Well, you know, we have people who are illegal voting. We have, So why not let people who are legally here, even though they're in prison or in jail, vote? There's a such thing called, you know, uh, absentee voting. Mm-hmm. You should be able to sit in your cell and and vote for whoever you want, and your vote should count because your voice matters just as much as the next person. People make mistakes, you know, mm-hmm. in their lives and and. To penalize them with one of the greatest freedoms of this country, the freedom to vote, you know, to take that away from them is re- ridiculous. And I've, I've never agreed with that. I've never liked that. And I never will. Do you think there should be some sort of automatic voter registration? Mm. No, I think that if you don't want to vote, don't vote. But also, if you don't vote, don't bitch. Um, but well, I, I mean, like, as soon as you turn 18, you don't have to do anything. You're automatically registered to vote. I mean, there is some benefit to that. It would take away a little bit of hassle, but it's not that much of a hassle. You bring an ID, you bring a, or a, not even really an ID, you can bring a, a piece of mail, a, when I went to register uh, at my new precinct, because I moved last year, I brought a a utility bill, and that was sufficient enough. So it literally takes two seconds to register to vote. Do you the think people, there should be? Sorry, continue. The people who don't vote are disenfranchised with the government as it is, and they don't think their opinion matters. So, you know, you just 
take the two seconds, show up to your precinct, and 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 register to vote. I do think that you know it would be nice if it were automatic, but no, I don't think it should be mandatory. Do you think that there should be a uh, voter ID laws? So you must present an ID when you go to vote. Yes. You think there should be? Yes, I I firmly do. I the right to vote is the right of an American citizen. Uh, and if you are here illegally, if you are here, um, if you, if you've left and come back, you know, if if you've been deported and you know left the country, whatever, you don't deserve the right to vote. Why are you voting? You're just screwing stuff up for the rest of us. So uh, a platform of the Demo Democratic Party is that a majority of them seem to be against voter ID laws. I've seen that. I've never understood that. I, I guess, you know, the more and more we're talking, the, the less and less I feel like I'm a hardcore Democrat anymore. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's just difficult because I don't know. It's hard for me to explain. Well, uh, I understand. Like, uh, I personally am a registered independent, but I used to be registered Republican. After 2016, I became independent. I didn't vote for either party in the election, but I tend to lean right on most issues, but I don't agree with everything the right says. Right. Same thing with the left. I agree with some stuff, but not all of it. Right. And, and that's the beauty of it. I mean, you can agree with some things. You know, I, I don't agree with the Republicans on guns or gay marriage or... Um, other controversial topics, but I do agree with them on some fiscal things, some financial things, the money, some of that I agree with. Well, yeah, I, I think there was a study done, this was after the election, where most people are fiscally conservative and then socially liberal. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think th that's, that, that's where I'm way to the left is the social side of things. I'm really more centrist when it comes to financial stuff, the fiscal stuff. Well, an issue that I've seen a lot lately is that a lot of people playing team politics rather than per policy, per, per view politics where everyone just chooses a side, either Republican or Democrat, you choose your team. And I think that's how we got to be part of the reason why we're so divided now. Yes, absolutely. I, I definitely agree with that. I really do. So next question is cops. You think they need uh, body cameras? Yeah, absolutely. They, it's going to prevent uh, officers from doing things that they shouldn't be doing. And it's also going to protect them when it comes time for things to go to litigation if they if they're being accused of something roll the tape let's find out what happened mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I, I've never really understood the argument against body cameras. I feel like it's good for both sides to have. Yeah, it's it's really good for both sides to have. Like I said, it's going to prevent officers know, or knowingly doing something that is immoral or what have you. And on the other side of that, it, it's protecting the litigation. You know, if they're being accused of something that didn't happen, then they have that camera footage to show what actually happened during the traffic stop. So during, uh, during the debates, uh, have you heard of Andrew Yang? He's running for president for the Democrats. I, you know, he's one of those kind of, he's a candidate that I, I'm aware of, but I don't follow him very closely. I have about four or five. I mean, I follow Biden, Warren, Harris, uh, Klobuchar, because she's, of course, Minnesotan, so I gotta, mm-hmm. gotta follow the hometown girl. <laughs> uh, but some of those fringe candidates, I, I just, I haven't bothered because they're not, they're not going to make the next debate because they're not making enough money. Because mm-hmm. there's this financial thing where you have to make enough money in, in campaign money to qualify for the fall, the fall debates. debates. And yeah. he's not. I don't. I don't even know if he's made that. Uh, that he has. Him, has he? Yeah, he has. He was the ninth candidate to make it, and then Julian Castro was the tenth candidate to make. September 12th debate. That's actually in a week and a half. So uh, one of his big policies, I like to ask this one because it's kind of different. We've heard it before, but not very often. It's the universal basic income. He calls it the freedom dividend. So every person gets $1,000 a month. uh, No questions asked. The money coming from? Uh, it would basically uh, reallocate current money and it would add an additional tax to the bigger companies like Amazon, Walmart. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I, I just I don't think that's going to be a thing. I don't necessarily agree with it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I do agree with companies coming up with a uh, a minimum wage or, or, you know, states coming up with a, a minimum wage uh, that companies have to pay their employees. But I don't agree that the government should be paying people just out of taxes from from larger companies, Amazon and Walmart and those kinds of places. Mm-hmm. Well, so are you on board with the $15 minimum wage or do you think it should yeah. still be a state thing where each state has different costs of living? No, it should be across the board. Every state should have a $15 minimum wage and be able to 
afford the basic things in life, a roof over your head, food on your table. Uh, and right now that's just not the case. Yeah, well, the federal minimum wage hasn't changed in, I think, in two decades, something like that. Right around there, yeah. Which is crazy to think of when the rise of inflation has been much more than the zero change, obviously. Right. Well, absolutely. Yeah, there's been a lot of, you know, you know inflation has played a huge role in that the way that things are going right now but do you think a uh, small company should have different minimum wage standards like for a small restaurant might be harder for them to pay $15 an hour than Walmart for example yes I do believe that there should be different standards for different size companies I really do I believe that uh, like you said, you know, a small restaurant, a mom and pop Mexican restaurant shouldn't have to pay the same that an Applebee's is paying. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the mom and pop knickknack shop uh, shouldn't have to pay the same amount of money that uh, Target or Walmart or Kohl's are paying. Those, the larger companies should have the obligation to pay a minimum wage of at least $15. And then find somewhere in the middle for a smaller company. Yes. Yes, absolutely. All right. So I got one last question. Sure. This one is another big topic, climate change. I think it's real. I'm assuming you think it's real. Oh, yeah, absolutely. What do you think is the best way to handle it? So a big critique is we can't jump straight into it because it would damage the economy, just switching over like that. Yeah. What do you think is a good way to go about it? You know, and I'm not a climatologist. I'm not an expert in in saving the, uh, the planet, so to speak. I, I do my part. I recycle. I, I reuse things. I, uh, but we need to uh, we need to start looking at carbon emissions from cars. There needs to be a the the electric cars need to be less expensive, and there needs to be more options than just Teslas and a couple of different Fords. Mm-hmm. But right now, I think it's the affordability, and I think it's because you would have to retrofit your home with a huge outlet. For you know, and that's why not everybody has an electric car. Uh, we need to, and we need to get back into the the climate pact, the Paris Accord that Trump backed out of. Uh, and that has had everything to, to do with money, everything to do with cash, because he's got the oil companies, he's got coal in his pocket, he's got all of these these lobbyists from these different places that are 
killing the earth in his back pocket. And it had everything to do with money and it's a shame. And I'm hoping we get back into this accord thing. Well, all right. Well, thank you for being on the show, Jacob. Yep. Thank you for having me. Uh, anything you want to share with the audience before you go? Um, well, in a couple of weeks here, we're going to start, uh, we're going to change up some things on the podcast. I am going to start talking to more physically disabled people as well as mentally, uh, or ones with mental illnesses. Uh, uh, so that'll be coming up in a couple of weeks here. Um, stay tuned. Find me on Spreaker, Spreaker.com. Uh, just go into the uh, search bar and type in Stories of Hope with Jake. And Jake is spelled kind of weird. Thank you, Mother. Uh, Jake is J-A-Y-C. So uh, write that down and give me a listen. And I, I have had a lot of fun this afternoon. And uh, thank you for having me on. Well, yeah. Uh, thank you again for coming on. It, it means a lot. Yep. I appreciate it. All right. Have a good one. Yep. You too. Bye-bye.